0: Hello and welcome to the October 2023 episode of the Red Sky Fuel for Thought podcast. I'm Lara Growlick, United Kingdom-based merged media account executive with Havas Red U.S. Today, Linda Discano, CFA and Executive Vice President at Havas Red, is going to return us to our Behind the Brand series, which pulls back the curtain on an iconic brand to focus on the people shaping that brand's communications and marketing strategy. The brand we're diving into today is CSAA Insurance Group, a AAA insurer. This is a brand that deals with the unknown, and in their words, they're not afraid of change. CSAA works to help people face life's challenges head on. Linda Goldstein, Executive Vice President of Customer Experience and Marketing at CSAA, is our guest today on the podcast. She's going to pull back the curtain, so to speak, on CSAA and take us through their communications and marketing strategies. I'm excited to learn more, so let's go ahead and get started.
1: Linda, welcome to the Red Sky Fuel for Thought podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I should probably say Linda G, since you're my first guest, also named Linda. I thought we'd start today's conversation by asking you to tell us a little bit about you know, what your portfolio at CSAA entails.
2: So I work at CSAA Insurance Group. And for those who don't know, we are one of three AAA insurers in the AAA ecosystem. We work with AAA clubs in 23 states in the District of Columbia, and we have 17 partners. So within my purview, I cover customer experience and marketing. So think all things communication, whether it's internal communication or external to our board, to our partner clubs, to our prospects, to our customers. So it's a large group and we do everything from demand generation and policyholder communications, external communications, think PR and board materials, customer research and insights, analytics. And all of our brand and creative strategy.
1: I really love the breadth of your portfolio, but it's also representative of a trend that we've been seeing in the the landscape of bringing internal and external employees, customers, and other community stakeholders together, and looking at them as an an ecosystem rather than in a silo approach. What inspired you and CSAA? to take such an inside out, mixed journal approach to communications and marketing?
2: So we were built to serve AAA members and that is in our charter as an organization. And that means you have to have a customer centric approach, but customer is not just the end user of your product. The customer, all of your stakeholders, because you have to serve all of them and build their experiences individually, but to have them at the center of your decision-making. So in every decision that we make, we try to inject the lens of the customer and it may be multiple customers, but we try to bring them to the beginning, the middle and the end of every decision process to make sure we understand the implications and that we can design an experience that meets our expectations and the customer's expectations. And a great example of that is if you think about an insurance agent who sell our product on our behalf, they're a customer because they need to use the platforms that we designed for them to sell our products. So making sure that we understand what are their needs, how can we better serve them and make their job easier. So it's always working through with different constituents, all of these different elements. So it's not just, you know, oh, it's for the end user customer. It's all the customers along the way. So that's how we kind of got there, which was, You have to serve multiple customers and they each have different needs. And therefore, you need to have all these disciplines kind of looking at it from all of those lenses.
1: What are some of the the opportunities and challenges you're seeing, you know, when in this new model where you have such different constituents that may have different priorities and different perspectives on the issues that are shaping the economic landscape? the societal landscape that we're operating in, you know, how do you track and analyze those issues? How does it inform the
2: decision making, you know, at the leadership table? It's a great question. I think first and foremost, we exist to serve policyholders. So our decision making is all about protecting the surplus that we need to do that. And so as you make decisions, and even difficult decisions, so for example, when we are taking a decision that we have to take rates and increase premiums, we will take a step back and say, okay, we need to do this for the greater good. How do we do it? How do we communicate it in a way in which, for example, these different stakeholders can speak to it, meaning our service agents who will get a phone call from a customer. How are they going to engage with that? How do we craft those talking points for them. How do we communicate this in a meaningful way to the customers so they understand why they don't want to hear it's the market. So thinking about all of our business decisions and putting that lens on it, but then thinking about what is the right message for that audience so that they can understand it. They may not like it, but that they can understand it. And so it's that balance of trying to be rational versus emotional and trying to provide concrete answers when it's a difficult decision. And so we really try to do that by engaging across our enterprise with all of the stakeholders and divisions in the organization so that we all can align around, okay, this is the right path. Here's why we're doing it from a business perspective, but here's what it means to the customer. And how do we want to tell that story?
1: Yeah, but you know, it's also um it sounds like you have very well established processes in place to keep your pulse on what's happening across your different constituents you know the different stakeholders in your entire ecosystem and what are some of the ways that you do keep that pulse to keep up with changing priorities changing preferences changing issues of the day because we're inundated right just even in terms of how technology is changing we market and communicate. So what are some of your secrets? What are the tools and processes that serve you well? First
2: and foremost is partnering across the organization with my peers. And so that they understand the value that my team brings to the table so that we are a thought partner. So we're not just on the execution side. We're at the table and having those difficult discussions. And sometimes they're really happy discussions. Like we have this great idea and everybody gets all excited about it. But it's also having your pulse on the competitive landscape. So reading, you know, I read a lot of articles. I read a lot of newsletters. I read a lot of page six. You know, just what are the hot topics of the day and how does it relate to our business? And bringing that, we subscribe to a number of studies at CSAA. So we look at things like Kantar which used to be the Yankelovich study back in the day for anybody that you know grew up when you and I did. We look at competitive intelligence. We subscribe to corporate insights. So we're really trying to watch what's happening in our industry at large, not just single competitors, in the larger tech space as well to understand where those trends are and bringing that to the table because that helps us inform what we do and how we want to do it. I'll give you a great example. I got an email from my power company. So I live in California. And PG&E out here has a lot of issues because of all of the wildfires. And they sent an email telling me my rates are going up and why. And I thought it was brilliant. It was so well done and communicating kind of these buckets of you're going to get a rate increase, but here's what's going to happen. And I sent it off to my team and I'm like, we should look at doing something like this so that when we do that, there's something for customers in advance of understanding the hows and the why in, in a way in which a layperson can understand it. So. I think that's the long answer to a short question.
1: No, that's okay. But you touched on something so important that I want to come back to. And that was about looking at the business news of the day, the marketing and communications news of the day, but through the lens of the CSAA business. And that's important because I think very often, you know, you and I have been on the brand side, the agency side. You know, we all think, particularly for those coming up about being proficient as marketers and honing our communication skills, but we also, to earn and that seat at the table, we also have to be fluent in the business of business and in the business of the company or the organization in which we work. So that business acumen is an increasingly important skill. For a marketer, for a communicator, Would, wouldn't you agree? I
2: completely agree, and I think it's super important to be versed in the economic climate and the issues of the day. So, you know, before I was, I was not in insurance. I did not grow up in insurance. It was not what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I had to learn insurance from a business perspective. And doing so, but being versed in business, like reading the Wall Street Journal and the and the New York Times and Forbes. You know you can name it, you could start to see how these trends in business can impact your industry and your company. And being able to think that through as to what are the implications? It's that game of chess, right? It's what's the next move if you know how do you what how are you going to zig when somebody zag? When this happens, what does it mean for you? And I it's important to understand the larger news of the day to be able to also tap into as a marketer, pop culture and what's important in a consumer's mindset, what's on their mind so that my messages can resonate in a meaningful way, as opposed to that. I just make a decision, you know, unilaterally about what's important to people. I used to ask people in interviews, you know, what's your favorite magazine as a marketer? And people would be like, well, do you want the honest, when they say like the economist, I'm like, really like that's not your favorite magazine. But what's fascinating is it's like people magazines, you know, like where you're tapping into what is the topic and the chatter of the moment, because marketing and communication to a certain degree is you're trying to create, quote unquote, gossip, because that's what people talk about. That's what they remember. And so it's kind of a weird analogy, but it kind of works for me in that people want to talk about things and you want your marketing and your communications to be memorable. And so you want the purple cow, as Seth Godin used to say.
1: That's right. And- And and you want to be able to people connect, right, and feel it. That's right, right, because that's what's going to get them to talk about it. That's a perfect segue for my next question. Because let's face it: first of all, you're PR Dailies, one of the top women in marketing. So congratulations for that honor. And I am not surprised because CSAA under your leadership pulled off the ultimate brick roll last year. By tapping into nostalgia around Rick Astley's hit from 1980s, Never Gonna Give You Up, only to be followed this year by another hugely successful campaign, Boys No More, where you tapped into the power of music, you know, and activated a few members of some very popular boy (laughs) bands. So that's a great example of, you know, using pop culture to your point to generate some buzz. Tell us a little bit about these campaigns and, and how you pulled them off.
2: I didn't pull them off. A lot of other people did. All I did was say yes. It's about three to four years ago, we did an agency search because we wanted to find it, you know, we needed to kind of spark things up and we knew we were going to be gearing up to start making investments in certain key markets. The insight that we landed upon with the, with our agency, who is Deloitte Digital and Red Hibach, Uh, From a PR perspective, was that Apple doesn't sell cell phones, they sell iPhones. We don't sell insurance, we sell insurance with three A's. And so, we had coined initially the phrase insurance, which you can love it or not. And what we wanted to really do is to bring the power of the brand to the category as opposed to the other way of bringing the category to the brand. And we kind of hung our hat on music. And so, when we started, we picked out some very famous songs like "All Out of Love" and something uh, Casey and JoJo song, and we did an Evanescence and a Jennifer Lopez. And essentially, it was an ode, a love story, you know, an ode to AAA insurance and how we're different. And as we were thinking, where do we kind of take that to evolve it? Last year, the idea was, what if we did the ultimate Rick roll And wasn't sure we could pull it off. It, it was. It started out just as this idea of we could do a QR code and it takes you and we could rickroll you. And we were like, okay, now what? But as we started to get into the process, what we found with our director was that we could recreate this as a love story and pay tribute to this to this very famous song. And the activation of it was as important as the execution. So we did things like We put a QR code with just Rick's hair, and we ran that for two weeks in Key Market. 30-second ads with just a QR code and and this waving hair. We did mobile billboards. We did, in Philadelphia, we actually did over a festival skywriting of a bit.ly. We did all these crazy things. We did stadium takeovers and some of the traditional tactics, and then we ran the study app, and we had no idea what we were in for. I mean, we knew it was going to be special because it was just something special about the nostalgia. It was the 35th anniversary of the song. It had just gone like triple platinum. It was all these crazy things happening. We just didn't understand how special, but it just, it took off and we were not prepared for the response. And it was wonderful. It had an enormous amount of earned media. It was on People's Magazine's website. It was in page six. It was on the LA Evening News, it was on CNN, it started showing up everywhere. And then you're left with, that's great. And to boot, we could see the impact on our business, which was the most important piece because I shouldn't undersell that, was a campaign that we were able to actually see the impact on quotes and policies almost immediately. Within the first three months, I mean, it was tremendous. And that was super exciting, but then you're left with a very high bar. (laughs) What do you do next? And that was the question that internally, every chat with leaders that would come up, it would be like, so what are you gonna do next? And it was like, I don't know. And we went through a number of concepts with the agency and a number of them just didn't feel right. And that's not a great answer because we had a strategy. And while you could say the execution may have been on strategy, there was, you could just feel there was something missing. The, there wasn't magic. And we kept going back and going back. And we finally landed on this idea that boy bands are fairly ubiquitous, and everybody has their favorite, but no one can agree. It's kind of like insurance. Everybody has it. Everybody thinks theirs is fine. It's not going to get everybody to agree on which one or who is the best. And so we thought, what if we created the ultimate boy band that captures the messaging that if we take all the best parts, we can make a great band. And it's kind of like how we operate within AAA Insurance. We believe, you know, we are the best at what we do. And so to do that, the sum of the parts can be greater than the whole. And that is where we ended up with four boy band members, each from a different boy band. We had Wanya Mars from Boys to Men, Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block. We had Joey Fatone from Instinct. And we had Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees. And we had a custom song done by Heavy Duty Music, quite catchy. And people want to download it. And so we've made it available for download. And it, it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun to watch and to see that it delivers the results, which I think is the most important. And we did different activation tactics. While we did the mobile billboards again, this time we tapped into Influencers and the Super Boy Band Influencer Group on TikTok and all different places. So we tried to create an activation plan that mirrors the content, that taps into the strategy, and reaches the right audience. Well, it's
1: it's just brilliant. And again, but it's driven in an understanding of the brand, right? An understanding of the business, but also an understanding of the customer and how customers think and behave and you know, what What would resonate with them and giving them a way of really engaging and interacting with
2: the messaging and then to see the the business result. All the pieces have to come together. But I think the most important piece is that you have to start with a sound strategy. Mm-hmm. And you have to evaluate your work and the outcomes against that strategy. And I think that's where many times things can go awry, that you'd start to deviate from your strategy and now things don't fit together the way you want them to, or they're not delivering against the outcome
1: oh, that's right. and And, you know, to that point, right? Even with a strategy, you have to be prepared to pivot. But is that pivot on plan or not? But go back and constantly assess is this the right move to make based on what our vision, what success looks like, you know, and bringing it back to that business, because you're right. We can often get caught up in the moment and lose sight of. Why did we do this in the first place? You know, I want to go back to something that you mentioned earlier um, about the issues of the day and, and over the past year, you know, certainly climate related natural disasters, wildfires, extreme weather events have been front and center of broadcast after broadcast And, you know, we've seen the impact it has on individuals, on small businesses, on communities. And so insurers like CSAA are often front and center of much of that coverage and conversation because of the impact it has on your policyholders. So we'd love to understand, like, how do you manage marketing and communications around climate? Because now it is inexorably linked to to the insurance industry, and it is becoming a new area of business risk or a, a more, an area of larger focus from a business risk. But also we know employees and communities are often very focused on how our companies helping contribute to a better planet, a more sustainable community. So we'd love to hear how you and CSAA are navigating
2: some of these issues. Well, as you cite, all of these perils, as we call them, are a big concern to us. It has a direct impact on our business because our job is to help our policyholders prepare, prevent, and recover from life uncertainty. And climate catastrophes are those. And so for us, it is something that is quite personal within our business. I think the most important thing is in whatever communications you want to talk about and it's a sustainability or environmental, it's you have to be authentic. And you have to walk the walk. You can't talk about it and then not do anything about it. Our employees see the risks and the damage firsthand. And so it is important to them that we be authentic and that we be active in leading within the industry. So we actually have done a couple of things that were really interesting. In California, we are partners in the Wildfire Innovation Fund. And that is about decreasing the severity and frequency of catastrophes by wildfires by supporting the forest restoration related to and related um, economic development. That is a big deal because it's all about trying to help mitigate one of the bigger risks in California that impacts people directly. Just a sidebar, after the Paradise Fire, we went up there. We spent a day. And when you see something like that, it is truly heartbreaking. I don't think it really registers unless you've ever seen it. You see it on the news. And I remember when I lived on the East Coast, you know, when there was a wildfire after like day four, you were kind of like, okay, next. And then you live out here and it's like fire, where's the fire? How bad is the fire? And then when you see the devastation that it causes to these communities and to these families, it's a purpose, it's a calling to do something. And so we invested in the wildfire innovation fund. And the other thing we did this past year was we hosted with IDEO a climate resiliency challenge where we put out a call globally for innovators to share with us world-changing climate solutions. And there was prize money of a million dollars that was awarded to, I think, 13 or 14 of these folks. We had submissions from all over the world and really great ideas around how we can help slow or mitigate the impact of it. And so, again, I think it gives our employees a sense of pride. Because our policyholders a sense of knowing that we really want to do good and we want to help, and I think it's important to the insurance community at large, but also the communities we serve, that we actually really are doing something as opposed to just talking about it.
1: Right, and and mobilizing, using your capital, your experience, the platform that you have to bring others to the table and try to mitigate these risks
2: going forward. Absolutely. And I think it's we are so tied to the communities we serve and the communities we work in that if you're not going to be authentic, then just don't talk about it. Because I think that when people are looking at companies, especially today and younger generations, purpose is important. And insurance is a noble profession with a very clear purpose. And I think that expanding on that gives us the ability to really demonstrate how we're different. and. Those are two great examples of how we can distinguish ourselves and they lean into the brand attributes and our brand values. And I think that's really important and supporting our enduring purpose. Yeah, I, I,
1: that's another really good point. And thank you for bringing that up because it's very easy for any individual brand or organization to say all the right words. It's another thing to put those words into action and then be transparent about the results of those actions and from what you've described just it's part of the CSA ethos to one where if we're going to say something we're going to have the data to back it up we're going to then report back to our employees to our communities to our customers about how that work how that initiative is progressing and i should uh, say we will put links to all of the great programs that Linda mentioned is part of our show notes. Thank you for that. That is, is really tremendous to hear. And I love the fact that you know while you focus on serving U.S. communities, you made this challenge global and really sought the best of the best. But what an inspiration and, and giving opportunities for people around the world to really benefit from this work that's being done and shining a spotlight on, you know, for the broader insurance community on opportunities that can be leveraged?
2: It's important work and it touches people's lives in a real way, especially going forward. And, you know, a lot of companies are doing a lot of great work in this space. We want to be one of them. We're certainly not the only one, but we feel very proud of this and that our employees feel proud of it. And we can share it out. You know, it's not just something that we do so that we can put it in an annual report. It's something we do because we believe in it. And you're living and breathing it. And your employees are part of the
1: experience, right, to bring it to to life. So they're seeing it in their day-to-day activities.
2: Yes. And we actually do a thing in our board meeting. We have a, what we call mission moment where we start every meeting with a short video on a different topic, but that is bringing to life our enduring purpose or mission. Our last one we just did was on the climate resiliency challenge and the board was so happy and so pleased with, you know, the outcome because it's actionable. It's not just an idea on a piece of paper. These are people who are actually doing these things. And we've awarded the winners some funding to help advance their cause and accelerate their ability to bring it to market.
1: But it's also internally, you're connecting the dots and from an accountability, bringing back to the board, this is what we said as part of our purpose, part of a pledge. This is now how we're taking action against that pledge. And these are the results that we're seeing. So again, creating that transparency internally back to your board, and then bringing it back to the community. Thank you for sharing that. Very, very powerful. Just something that is so critical and becoming even more critical. As you think ahead to 2024, we are all in the thrust of right planning, beginning to look in the crystal ball of what will be the issues that we need to navigate in 24. Is there one trend that's top of mind for you as you think about evolving the marketing or communications toolkit that you and your team has in place. would love to get your
2: future gazing. So the one I think, I mean, I think there's three areas of focus, social responsibility that we've just talked about. I think video is an area that is going to be increasingly more important as a communications vehicle. And I think people are, as we've talked about, inundated with messages. How you distinguish it, but putting it in like snackable pieces where they're short, they're easily digested and people can get, you know, walk away feeling smarter or that they've gotten the right message. I think that's a trend that we're going to see continue to become more important as we go. And I think you're going to see video used in different ways to educate, to create awareness and to drive engagement. That's a big one. The one everybody talks about is Gen AI. I think that there's a lot we still have to learn about that. And I think it's fraught with all sorts of perils around it hallucinates, it says things that are true. And I think experimenting with that, but in a a controlled way where there's always a human in the loop will be one key factor there. But I think video is the key one, how to deploy it efficiently, effectively, and eliciting the right type of emotions and responses.
1: I think that's such a good point, you know, and- I'm hearing that as I talk to the heads of internal communications, I'm seeing video come up in new ways, particularly in today's not only a hybrid workplace, but with a growing number of deskless employees and how to reach them when it may be only through their mobile phone. So, a typical replay of a quarterly town hall that's for 45 minutes is not feasible. So it's the snack size, I call them micro videos. And how do you take important topics and communications, but in a very digestible way and offer those that are deskless or those that are of the TikTok mentality content that resonates with them. But then for other people who prefer to listen to the 45 minute video or read the transcript, give them that option because we have what, five generations in today's workforce. Everyone has different consumption habits and preferences. While video, I think we've always thought of it as one type of content. It's really a series of formats for different purposes, and it's being used much more broadly. So love that you talked about that. And while we could continue to chat for hours and hours, I know that we do have to bring this conversation to a close. and. As we talked about before, we always close the behind the brand segment with a lightning round of some career-related questions for inspiration. So let's start with number one. What is your superpower? What is that hard or soft skill that has really helped you succeed the most in your career?
2: My professional superpower is turning strategy into action. So I have a bias towards action. And my personal superpowers, I can find things that are missing in my house for years. I can locate them randomly.
1: Okay. Well, does your superpower extend to things that are missing in other people's homes? Because if so, I will be calling you. (laughs) It does not, unfortunately. (laughs) I love that. And I love turning strategy into action and that bias to action. Thank you. Number two,
2: what's the most useful career advice you've ever received? Do make sure that you are choosing a good manager because a good manager will give you great opportunities. So so, so content on a job, but a great manager is going to end up being, you're going to learn a ton and get great exposure. Whereas what may be a great job on paper with a bad manager will not play out well. And I think we've all experienced both sides of that coin. And so that's a piece of advice that I share often with others that I mentor is, Make sure that during the interview process, you're really interviewing the manager as much as they're interviewing you.
1: Love that. And that is the first time someone shared that with me. And it's such a great point. So love that. Go with good. And that helps you get great. Love that. Okay. And finally, do you have a mantra or a favorite quote that you
2: live by? I'm going to steal one from uh, a friend of ours because I do think it's true. And as I get older, it becomes more true every day which is every day is a gift. Don't take anything for granted. Enjoy every day and do your best. And that's my mantra.
1: That is a wonderful way to close our conversation. Thank you for the gift of your time and your insight today. And I hope that you will come back and continue to share your thoughts and experiences with us. Anytime. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. And listeners, we look forward to hearing your comments and questions on today's episode. If you have ideas for future topics, please reach out to us and let us know.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can subscribe to the show using your favorite podcasting app, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Please don't forget to rate and review the show to let us know how we're doing. We hope you'll join us again for more of the latest communications insights and trends from the team at Havas Red. We'll see you again soon.